game day, everybody, and welcome into the VFL Players Lounge. So glad to have you guys uh, along here for the ride here on VolQuest.com, a part of the On3 network. And Tennessee's 2-0, looking to go 3-0 for the first time since 2016. Uh, took care of Ball State 59-10. Escaped Pittsburgh with an overtime win 34-27 last week, and a lot of things that went well and some things that didn't. A uh, Time to reset today with Akron coming to town. And then, of course, we all know about the showdown next weekend, 3.30 on CBS. That will be Florida. But first, it's the Zips, and it's Akron. And uh, here to help us get ready for that football game is a couple of VFLs. First, let's say hello to Jay Graham. Jay, happy yep. to uh, have you along for the ride here today, man. Appreciate it, Eric, man. Uh, appreciate the opportunity, and um, just looking forward to talking about football. Awesome. Well, can't wait for that. And, of course, to, to help you out, a former teammate of yours, Bill Duff, saw you in Pittsburgh last week and uh, glad to have you here on the uh, the game day pod here today, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Eric. It's it's great to be on with a former teammate with Jay. Jay was actually the first guy uh, that, I, that I attempted to tackle at Tennessee. And I think I, I think was you got me too, man. You know, you was a I, wrestler, man. So on hard. the first one, I got you, but the second you one, me, you, you, you got me. Got yeah, I remember that. And uh, <laughs> and I didn't I didn't sign up for a third one. <laughs> well that's awesome you guys obviously won a whole lot of football games at the university of tennessee together and now of course you're watching your alma mater play and uh, so far so good of course the challenge is going to get steeper a nice test last saturday at pittsburgh of course jay we'll kind of start off with you what have you liked? not necessarily just with the pittsburgh game but overall from what you've seen from tennessee so far this year i think the first thing is we got a quarterback you know, and to see that and to see how he's playing, you know, Hinton Hooker is a key. And I think when you say you start with a team, you start with a, a quarterback, you know, and that's a lot of things that, that determines how much offense you run. You know, you don't limit your offense. You can actually grow it with a quarterback like Hinton um, and managing the game. Coaches can't go on the field. It's, it's 11 players to go out there. You better have a, a field general and you got it in Hinton. So. That's the first thing I know is how he's managing the game. Sure, you got throws we can talk about and all of that, but knowing the moment and going out in, that, in these games and winning games, he's going to take a, a quarterback, you know, with that kind of leadership on the field. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's nice to have a quarterback. And, I mean, for the first time, and I guess since Josh Dobbs left the program, there was no doubt about it for Tennessee. You knew who your quarterback was coming in to the next season, and it's Hendon Hooker. Put up some good numbers so far. And, of course, like you said, we can – we can nitpick the throws and talk about the footwork and all that, uh, but at the end of the day, mm -hmm. his stat line looks good through two games. But again, it's it's going to get tougher. Uh, Bill, so far in two games, of course, you might have more of a defensive perspective. But what have you liked so far from Tennessee in Ball State and and of course at Pittsburgh? Yeah, I, you know, at Pittsburgh, uh, we stepped up. We were tough, but we lost contain a ton. Um, I really like the effort that I saw across the front. Uh, front seven played really well. Uh, played good in the back of the field as well, but it, uh, it's just you can't lose contain in in this NCAA world we're living in now with with the uh, run pass option. Uh, it really concerns me with Florida coming up, and they need to tighten it up before we get to that game. So I'm I'm actually excited we have a game like Akron where we can uh, answer some questions that haven't been answered yet on defense. And then I'm with Jay Hooker is Hooker, Hooker's the guy. Um, you know I don't know as much about offense as Jay does, but to me, it seems like he's, you know, everyone's got his back now. And uh, th that's the only way a team wins is with, with you know, the quarterback really being that general, that guy. 
you know, you and I were texting the other day and, and, and talking about that Florida matchup and, you know, give Kentucky credits. And of course, we'll we'll discuss this at nauseum over the next week, but they kept Anthony Richardson in the pocket and said, hey, win this game with your arm. And, and, and he couldn't do it. Now, if you lose that contain, you know, we've seen it many, many times over the years, uh, a quarterback running all over the Tennessee defense. So that, of course, will be the challenge for next week. A good primer here this week, although and we'll get into it in a moment. Akron's quarterback potentially going to be out for this football game. But uh, nonetheless, Bill, I want to stay with you a, a little bit as well here. Year two with Josh Heupel. What have you liked? What are your expectations? Kind of kind of where the program is right now. Let's see, 14 games, working on 15, uh, 15th game here today. I love that he has the kids bought into the program. You know, I saw what uh, Butch's program looked like, and then I saw what Pruitt's program looked like. Pruitt's program, everyone was scared to death. Um, and that's no way to run a team. Uh, you know, I, I think I really do believe that these kids look at Hypel as the general, but not as, you know, not as a domineering type. And, uh, you know, I've been on teams with those types of coaches and um, it just doesn't work. It, it, no, no matter what, what way you swing it, it doesn't work. Hypel has them bought in. He has the kids believing in them. And really, look, you know, there's really hardly any undefeated teams anymore, right? They're going to slip up sometime this year. And that's when that's going to really be more important than any of these wins. Because, yeah, Pittsburgh was a great win. And, and you know, everyone's high on the hog now. And they're probably going to go out and smash Akron. So everyone will be talking national title in Tennessee. But, you know, there will be that time, that Georgia game or that Bama game, where we're probably going to be brought down to earth a little bit. And that's when we'll judge uh, Josh Heupel, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I like that answer. And, and Jay, you kind of have a, a a different perspective than a lot of uh, fans, and of course, even former players. Because I mean, you know, you had that coaching perspective as well. What do you like from what you've seen so far with Josh Heupel, and kind of what are uh, you know? I mean, let, let's let's be realistic here. Ten and two is not likely, but what are some of the expectations that you have for Tennessee um, here in year number two? I think the first thing I noticed, and um, I went to the first game, is alignment you know as a coach you always look at how you know I judge teams up by the things that they do that take no talent you know lining up correctly in the correct stance those things are key I think as far as uh, wins and losses are concerned and you can you can watch them on the field receivers are lined up the same way you know the offensive line defensive line everybody's in position and those are things right there that shows that's, that's the stuff you coach you know I'm watching how they operate between plays. That that's the thing that you see with a program, you know. And guys are playing together as a team. You know, we've had times at Tennessee where there's been some individual players, right? And they've made plays in a game, but making plays in the right moment takes a team mentality. You know, you see that. You watch that in the pit game, getting the sacks at the right time, scoring at the right time keeping Pitt's offense out of the end zone at the right time, you know, and holding them to a field goal. Those things come up in a game and seems like our players now know that, know the difference right there, right? They know how to play in those situations. And that tells you that they've been taught situational football, which that's, that's the thing that's going to win games in the SEC. You know, realistically, you know, you got to go to LSU, you know, um, you're playing Florida. SEC is going to be tough, you know, but, we're going to have a chance in all of these games. Obviously, Georgia and Alabama, those are those are teams that probably, for sure, the last couple of years, they're way further ahead than we are right now. 
That does not mean we don't win that game. Those are games you get into the fourth quarter and see where you are, you know, but if we can win the games we're supposed to win and those 50-50 games, tough games, LSU, tough game. We, we always go Kentucky is the easy one, right? We're supposed to win that game, but Kentucky is a good football team. You know, that's going to be a tough, hard-fought game, but we need to get that one. You know, being able to play those games um, and win those games to put us in good position to be a 9 or 10 win, win team, it's going to be tough, you know, but I think we have the talent and opportunities to get there. Hey, Jay, you know, last year, I, I still think it's pretty amazing what Tennessee was able to accomplish last year, kind of flipping the script in terms of offensively and uh, going and, you know, being a top 10, you know, offense in the country. And I know that's a lot of Josh Heupel, and I get that. But uh, the lack of depth, I mean, Tennessee, again, Tennessee only played three receivers essentially at Pittsburgh. And, and you know, maybe that'll be a thing moving forward still. But they played three receivers. They played three linebackers. They played the same two safeties uh, the the entire year. Uh, Tennessee didn't have many options, and I think they have some options this year. It's just about the coaching staff, or, or really more so the players, earning that trust to be in the football game at big time games. I, you know, how long does that take? And, and do you think maybe, judging off last year to what you've seen so far this year, Tennessee has a little bit more options to where you could see some more players play in these in these games? Um, I'm a I'm a special teams coordinator, so I always see guys making plays that are younger guys on special teams. I watch the kickoff team. I watch, you know, punt team. And you see guys making plays and fat flashing, and that's how these younger guys are going to continue to grow. Like a game like Akron. Akron, if you can get in position, these younger guys get in the game, right, they can start to develop, um, you know, that, that experience, right, because you learn something in practice. So you start playing well as a young guy in practice. Now you got to transition that to the game, which is totally different, you know. Now it's not scripted up for you. You know, you don't know what they're going to do. The coach is not standing beside you yelling at you saying, move over. You know, he might be, but you're sitting in front of 80, 90 to 100,000 fans. You know, so this the situation, you got to make plays in those situations. So I think that's where we grow and develop as a team going forward. You know, the better teams get better in that sense throughout the season. Bill, as a defensive lineman, you know, that that is a rotational position for the most part. I know Matthew Butler played about 800 snaps a season ago, but and Amari <laughs> Thomas played 64 the other day. Uh, but there were a lot of defensive linemen that played, uh, obviously, against Ball State. And then even at Pittsburgh, as a defensive lineman, do you like having multiple guys being able to come in and keep you guys fresh up front? Yeah, you got to have two lines in the SEC, period. And for that matter, the offensive line has to have uh, interior guys that come in and have experience in games. Um, there's just too many injuries and the season's too long anymore to just say, here's your starting four or here's your starting five on the other side. You know, and I, I watched the second teamers uh, per se play in the, in the ball state game and they looked really good. You know, they, like Jay said, they lined up really good. I saw a lot of aggressive play. Uh, Brad Lampley's kid was, 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 all over number 97 in that first game and, and just being mean about it. And I haven't seen that in a while. Um, I haven't seen kind of that mean and nasty uh, that, you know, like we came up with guys like Bubba Miller, Jason Lehman, um, you know, just ill-tempered offensive linemen. And you have to have a couple. You just do. And not to say that they're they're not nice people. They're great people. Um, if you met both of them, they'd give you the, the hat off their head. But, on a you know, on a football field, things change a bit. And um, I'm, I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see it coming back because 
for the last, honestly, for the last eight years, I haven't seen much of it. Uh, defensive line rotation, I did, I have noticed a big difference between the ones and the twos. Um, I think the twos need to get on the field more. I think they need to be on the field in, in situations where they're, we're pressing them to make stops. Um, because I'll, I'll be honest with you, uh, Billy Ratliff backed me up and Darwin Walker backed me up. There wasn't a whole lot of difference between me and Darwin or Billy. Um, it just wasn't. Um, and in the same case, you know, I backed up uh, Shane Burton, who was ahead of me. And yeah, we were much different looking, uh, but we, we both played our butts off when we got in the game. And, and we need to get back to that. Because if you watch Alabama, their second line is just as good as their first uh, D-line D wise. Same thing with Georgia. Yeah. They got they got eight killers on both sides, and it's they're tough to beat. Bill, how much of that is Rodney Gardner? I understand it starts from the top with culture and all that and development, but I mean, you know, Rodney Gardner's one of the more you know praised assistant coaches in the SEC and in college football for the last thirty years. You know, what's the difference you've seen in that group the last two years with Gardner? Well, I'm starting to see him getting to getting back into shape. Defensive linemen cannot be out of shape. Period. And if you're up there on the third play of the game and your hands are on your hips, I'd pull you out of the game. I, I don't know if Jay would be the same way, but yep. that tells the offensive lineman right away, you're already winded. You're already blowing up. So what's going to happen? 32 belly at the defensive tackle who's, who's blowing up. Um, you're basically giving the coaches uh, that green light to run right down your throat. Um, so th uh, that's what I've noticed right away. And I think next year or later on this year, we'll see we'll see dividends on that. Uh, but it, it it's it's noticeable from my side. All right, let's go back and look at the uh, the Pittsburgh win. Obviously, and again, it's you know, all week long leading up to this Acker game. I, I've continuously said on the the various shows I'm a part of or the stories I've been writing. All right, time to flip the script. Let's look at Akron, and and that's no disrespect to Akron at all, but it just kind of is what it is. You know, we've all played in those games and and coached in those games, and you know, as fans viewed those games, the focus is next week. I get it, but there's so much conversation about Pittsburgh because we can learn so much about this current team. And so, you know, Bill, you were at the football game, Jay, of course you were watching Jay, the offense, I thought responded, both units responded great in the first quarter. I mean, the yes. slow starts offense came back and took control, but it wasn't a second quarter lull like last year, but it was a, it was a second half lull. Um, you know, as a coach, as a former player, kind of what are you telling the guys? What are you telling each other in order to try to get out of that rut to where you just can't get anything going, whether it's a penalty, whether it's a, a early down failures, you just can't get anything going. Kind of what, what's the mindset for that offense in, in the second half of the Pittsburgh game? I think you got to go back to your fundamentals, right? Um, sometimes a player can try to press too much. You know, because you're not having success, you got to break it down for them. And we're like, hey, what do we want on first down? We want an efficient play, right? We get the first down, you know, get the second down. You got second and mid, and now you can start moving the chain. So the first thing is have a good play on first down. You know, um, when you get into those lows, it comes out of this. It's uh, coaching. You know, you got halftime adjustments. They make adjustments, too. So when you go out on the field, it's like st the start of a new game, really, you know, because they make an adjustments off what you had success on, you know, and and you're you're like, hey, we got to make some adjustments, but you don't know what the defense is going to do a lot of times until you get out there, you know, you, maybe you can anticipate it. A lot of times you hold plays to do, you know, to have for the second half. So it's a little cat and mouse game right there as you figure it out, and that, that's what I thought. I thought we did a good job of knowing when to go to our big receivers. 
our receivers are impressive outside and say, hey, we're going to throw this ball deep. You're giving us one-on-one. If you play physical on a big receiver, you know, like Brew McCord or Tillman, I mean, it's not in your favor, you know, because the last five yards, they're going to push away from you and catch that ball, you know. So we were able to make that play, and um, that was big. So, you know, adjustments happen, but then your offense got to adjust, and it goes back and forth. Kind of on that note, 18 targets for Cedric Tillman, 13 targets for Jalen Hyatt, four targets for Brew McCoy. They're still getting used to Brew and kind of learning his skill set and all that. And Alex Golish spoke earlier this week on that. But as a coach, you're just looking at the stat sheet. Oh, man, 18 targets to four targets. Is that as simple as saying, hey, we're on the road, we're in a dogfight, I'm going to my guy because I know that he can win this football game? Sure. I mean, Tillman's got more reps invested, right? He's played a whole season. Bruins just getting himself uh, started. Now, he, he's as you go throughout the season, he's starting to demand the ball a little bit more. And when you've got two guys like that, and then you got Hyatt on the inside that, um, now, I mean, he's as fast as any one of them on the field. I mean, you've got some dangerous guys outside, and that starts to give you a better box for the run game. You know, so you can go back and forth with that. So, um you know, I love what I'm seeing offensively. I love the adjustments, you know, that we made offensively and defensively, you know, because uh, especially defense, because they did some things to us to kind of um, uh, affect our zone pressures that, um, you know, that was good. The coaches made great adjustments at the, uh, halftime to, to fix some things. Bill, when you look at the defense, uh, you know, and, and I tried to not make a big deal out of it because, again, it was the Ball State game. It was the opener. A lot of it was scheme and everything, but – didn't get home at all, only a couple TFLs. You knew that wasn't something to overreact about. Now, you saw Pittsburgh, they got after it. And in the first quarter, they were so close to getting home so many times with Aaron Beasley or Byron Young or whoever the case may be. They finally got there, and they got there in a hurry. And, you know, this defense finished with four sacks, nine TFLs, 16 quarterback hurries. What did you like about the aggressive nature of, of this Tennessee defense at Pitt. And I think that's something that, I mean, really Tennessee was last year. It had to be. And I think that's something Tennessee is going to continue to be this year. Yeah. I mean, look, look, that we showed nothing in that first game. We were as vanilla as, as Turkey Hill ice cream. Right. And, and that's, that's kind of how you want to come out of the gate uh, with that warm up game. And even in the beginning of our blitzing, as I watched the Pittsburgh game, we were tentative on the tackle, uh, you know, and then, I started to see, uh, I started to see Tennessee defense really come back, and they felt aggressive. And they felt like they could go ahead and lay out. And you know what? You're going to get penalties in today's game because of the way it is. But be aggressive and attack. Um, and that's the defensive coaches just have to keep hammering that home to the defensive players. You know, controlled aggression is what Chief always talked about. You know, don't stutter your engine, shoot your guns. Uh, I don't see a lot of that, which is good. Um, I see some. I see some behind the back tackling, which of course means your helmet is behind the, the ball runner, which is never good, uh, especially against bigger ball runners. And uh, Pittsburgh was a hostile environment. Uh, let, let's give them credit where credit is due. Like I've, I've been in a lot of hostile places. It kind of reminded me of the swamp, but with different colors. Um, those people were not nice as, as far as fans were concerned, uh, nor should they be. You know, we came into their backyard and we, we stole one from them. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, I guess when it's when it's all said and done, there's a lot to draw from this football game because Tennessee, without a doubt, played better in certain spots, 
but did not play a, a very good football game overall for 60 minutes, but able to go out on the road, pick up a win, and go back home 2-0 against a top you know 20 football team. I don't know if Pitt's going to win the ACC this year. I don't know how good it will be eventually, but I think that's a solid football team. I think there's some dudes on that defensive front seven who are players. I do. Yes. Um, Slovis is a good player. And, and Patty came in, that backup quarterback, and Tennessee was hitting him as well. And, I mean, he was slinging around, gave them a chance to win the football game. So, I think that's a really good win, you know, for Tennessee moving forward. Jay, is there, uh, you know, as as a, inside that locker room, is there a feeling of, whew, you know, we didn't play good, but we got the win. Um, you know, th- th- I feel like it's a good feeling, but it's also a motivating feeling knowing that they can play so much better. Well, I hope they feel great because I thought that was a really good football team. They, they beat. I thought Pitt, you know, the way they played against West Virginia – you know, who's a tough team in their own right. I mean, I thought, you know, Pitt had quarterbacks. They had a great running back, you know, that made some plays and broke tackles and could catch the ball. They had receivers, big old receivers, and their offensive and defensive line, they weren't small guys. They were big. Their defense and their front seven, they were big. You know, so we, we beat a really good football team with the things that we do best, you know. And we didn't get outside of our schemes and who we are our identity to beat them. You know, it wasn't trick plays. It was what, this is what we do. We throw the ball deep. We got one-on-one right here. We make the catch, you know, you know, and, and, you know, that's what I, that's why I saw our team, you know, they were really good. I watched the week before when they played against West Virginia, they were making those plays. And on the flip side of it, you know, we made the plays, you know, they have good cornerbacks. We made the plays against those cornerbacks. And then, you know, on the flip side of it, our cornerbacks made some plays in the game that, that were game changing plays. So, you know, that's the thing I hope in that locker room, they're looking at this, watching the tape, uh, carry over the things you did not do well. I mean, uh, carry over the things you did well, right? Get rid of the things you didn't do well. You know, um, you know, that's the thing we always did on Monday film, you know, is looking back is look at the things and, and, and try to get better. So that's the thing that's going to be key in this uh, week against Akron. We got we to gotta get better. You got to have a good win this week. No doubt about it. And something a former uh, football coach of mine, Ken Sparks, said, you never, ever, ever apologize for getting a win. A win right. is a win is a win. Awesome stuff so far from VFL Jay Graham and VFL Bill Duff here on the VFL Players Lounge as we look forward to Akron coming up tonight at 7 o'clock. You can find that football game streamed on the SEC Network Plus and ESPN Plus. Of course, listen on the Ball Radio Network, but just like the bottom tab here says, follow us on the General Quarters live in-game updates all game long and on Twitter at VolQuest underscore on three. This is the VFL's Player Lounge. Brought to you by the uh, the, uh, Volunteer Club and powered by Spire Sports. Can't thank them enough. And when we come back, we're going to look ahead to Akron and what needs to happen here today. The game has changed and Spire Sports is here. With name, image, and likeness arriving, your orange fandom can now be put into action. Visit thevolunteerclub.com and become a member. 90% of every dollar generated through the Volunteer Club, powered by Spire, will go directly to athletes to improve the student-athlete experience at Tennessee. It's not just about winning the next game. It's about next season. It's about the next generation. It's about the Tennessee legacy. Join at thevolunteerclub.com. That's thevolunteerclub.com. 
Bob. Can't thank the good people over at Spire uh, Sports and the Volunteer Club for making this game day possible. Had a whole lot of fun. I know you guys are liking it. Really appreciative of of guys like Jay and Bill for coming on and all the VFL so far. Um, it's been a whole lot of fun, and I think it really does get you guys set for uh, the game here coming up today and every single week with a different perspective than listening to a guy like me talk about it all a week long. All right, guys, so today's game, it is Akron. Um, you know, the stats are skewed a little bit. Of course, they're one and one. They did pick up an overtime victory in week one over St. Francis, but they're coming off a 52 to nothing loss in Lansing, uh, Michigan State. The stats are skewed because, again, that 52 to nothing loss, their best player, quarterback DJ Irons, he might not play in this football game. He was knocked out with a lower leg injury in the second quarter last week. Um, got a couple of transfers in the secondary, but, you know, it's a two and 10 team from 2021, one and seven in MAC play. Uh, Bill, I'll start with you, man. What, what is, you know, in a game like this, of course, the players and the coaches are going to treat it just like every other game, as they should. But what are you looking for, you know, for Tennessee to get out of a game like this? Because, of course, we know Florida's next week. What are you looking for to kind of check those boxes here coming up later today? Yeah, I mean, you you look to get healthy out of there with your starters. Uh, I mean, you, you go out there, you set the example, you score sp- score fast uh, and score a lot. but if, if that's me and we have the game in hand at halftime, I, Hooker, Tillman, none of those guys see the second half. And I think that's a good thing because I think the second lines really need need that time to get out there and play because we're going to need them for Florida, Georgia, uh, LSU, Bama. We're going we're really going to need the depth for that. Um, you know, you, you take a game coming off a huge win against Pittsburgh, and look, we got luckier than, than you know, Pete Davidson at a Grammy party, right? Um, to walk out of there with that big win. And and <laughs> now it's like, what do you do? Now you're going against somebody you think that you're just going to smash, right? And uh, a couple games come to mind. Uh, my senior year against Vanderbilt, they were not a good team. We had to beat them to get to the SEC championship game. And they, you know, they played like it was a Super Bowl and we were playing to stay healthy, um, which turned out to be a super, super tight game. We won, I think, by like a touchdown. Um, but you know, those are the type of games that can sneak up on you. So my hope is that they, they don't let that happen. Jay is a player. Uh, I think you mm-hmm. can go into it with the right mindset of, you know, you can't take any opponent lightly. There's been lessons learned in recent years. Of course, we're not going to go down that road, but in, in the back of your mind, you know it, right? How do you kind of that internal battle of going out there and just playing, but also knowing like, you know, this team is not, you know, it's not, it's not anything. And, and the real challenge is next week kind of as a player, how do you approach this game? I think as a player, you you approach the game like I'm trying to get better. You know, I'm trying to show my coaches that I'm I have the right mindset and ready to go out here and get a week better. You know, because if you don't do that, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. You know, and as an older guy, you know, I remember those games. I'm like, oh, I'm only going to get a two quarters or a quarter and a half, right? Probably, right? I wanted to get more, but I was going to take that quarter and a half and do the most I could within it. You know, you know, back in our day, we hated coming out of the game. You got to be you got to have that mentality where you love football. I'm going to play for as long as I can. And I'm not worrying about who's over there. You know, my opponent has no face. I'm going to line up and go play football because this is one of my, you know, 12 guaranteed opportunities. You only guaranteed one, really. And and you got to come in with the mindset to go play as hard as possible. Yeah, that's the thing about football. Only guaranteed 12 games. I mean, really, we're not guaranteed anything day to day. I understand that. But, you know, 12 games in a football season. So you got to make the most of them regardless. 
if it's a half, if it's three quarters, whatever, in games like this. Jay, two guys you're pretty familiar with, Jabari Small, Jalen Wright. Uh, they've both bulked up, put on some armor, as Jerry Mack would say, over the offseason. Um, Jalen Wright, I think, has looked good through two games, but he's put the ball on the ground, and you can't do that as a running back. Jabari Small, I thought he ran hard against Ball State, but didn't quite. And I know there's a lot more in it than just the running backs. Okay, it's the entire offensive line mm-hmm. as well and the tight ends. Right. What have you seen from those running backs so far through two games? Um, through the two games, first game, you know, you know, I've seen like Smalls. He's made some good plays. Short yardage play against Ball State. He ran right past a linebacker standing right in the hole. Um, he's able with that quick jab step to make some guys miss. Um, so he he's um getting better and better as the season going. But these guys are a little banged up, I think, in fall camp. So they hadn't been hit as much as, you know, normal. You know, so they're getting some reps here during the season. And I, I see them getting better and better the more reps they get. Um, you look at uh, Jalen Wright. He was out. You know, I think he had a hamstring or something like that that was affecting him. But I see, you know, he's making explosive plays he didn't make last year. You know, every time he's touching the ball. Now, obviously, you got to hold on to the ball. That's a key thing. Ball security and a running back go hand in hand, right? So if you put the ball on the ground, you can't put you in the game, you know? And um, you see that. They take him out of the game right there when that happens, but they put him back back in. So he just got to keep the confidence because he's actually breaking ta- more tackles and making um, probably more explosive plays. I think he had the run, run, longest run of the year, like 30-something yards so far, so – He's making a difference when he's in the game. Yeah, I mean, he was averaging 5.8 yards a carry um, mm-hmm. up until that fumble. And, uh, you know, he, d- he didn't get a carry after that, obviously. You just can't put the football on the ground. But I, right. I like the way he's running the football. Looks like a different guy from last year. You know, yes. true freshman. Um, he's put on about 12, 13 pounds since then as well. And so, obviously, that's going to help. Uh, Bill, looking at that defensive line as well, Amari Th- two guys I want to ask you about. You know, Amari Thomas has been here. I guess he's now a junior um, really good athlete. I think he could play offensive tackle and be really, really good. <laughs> but uh, I think he's gotten a whole lot better and kind of been that, you know, when you talk about the defensive line, particularly the interior, it's Amari Thomas and then everybody else. What what have you kind of seen in his growth? And then Tyler Barron as well, a guy that's played a lot since he's been here. Um, missed a lot of snaps, but played over 50 snaps the other day. Thought he played his best football game in a Tennessee uniform. And the versatility as well, sliding inside on those uh, NASCAR packages. Thought he looked good too. Yeah, I think they both need to use their hands more. That's the first thing I noticed in both games. And and that's usually the first things you see at, at, in the early comings of line play. Um, you know, people like the what, what we call Chester, right? Chest to chest and smash into each other. Um, but I think they both have the ability, especially Barron, to, to long arm those offensive tackles. You know, use your speed because he's not going to overpower these monsters in the SEC. Use your speed, get their hands off you, and, and get to the open spots. Um, and have a short memory. You know, defensive linemen are a lot like cornerbacks. You know, you're going to get blocked, and you're you're, you're going to get knocked on your on your butt. But you need to have a short memory. Forget about that. So you played a bad play. Big deal. Jump back up, get back in it, um, and don't get in your head. And I see some of our guys shaking their head after bad plays. Listen, as a defensive tackle, you're going to get double teamed. That's 600 and some odd pounds kicking your ass. And you know you're going to get your ass kicked. Take it on the chin, brother. You know, that means somebody's running free. Yeah. 
Yeah, no doubt. Uh, kind of one of the last things I, I want to ask you guys, and, and this is something that I, I've asked everybody so far through the three weeks we've done this podcast. Um, looking back at your time at Tennessee, one of the great things, one of the better things in all of college football is what Tennessee does right before the game starts, running through the tee. As a player, I'm sure it was awesome. As a former player, I'm sure it's still something great to to watch and then just remember and reflect on when you guys did it. Jay, when you watch, uh, you've run through the T as a player, as a coach and everything else. When you watch that now on the outside, kind of what are those feelings and emotions for you? Um, I would imagine they're they're pretty special. Yeah, it's a, it's a special opportunity to get to do that. And I always think about my freshman year, you know, we're playing and – I remember looking at Neil Kearney. I know, Bill, you probably remember him. And he was a walk-on running back for us. And he was crying, and he was older. You know, he had tears in his eyes. And, you know, I was a freshman, and I'm like, you know, you don't really know it as a freshman. You're looking at him like, why is he crying, you know? And running through that tee the first time, you're running through him, you're just trying not to mess up, right? You're trying to take off when everybody else take off. You're trying not to hit the trombone players. You turn in the tee. You know, little things. Um, you know, but by your senior year, you're that guy with tears in your eyes because you realize and understand the experience, right? You understand what it means to be a volunteer, what it means to be a part of that Tennessee program, what it means to, you know, go through morning runs and, you know, winter workouts, you know, all those things. It's the price you pay to be a volunteer, you know, and you know, you know what it takes, what it means, and you can go out and whirl and do, you know, great things in life so that's how I feel when I'm watching the team I'm looking at it I'm like man you know it's just that thing about your program that you go through that um you know just it just resonates with me every time I see it Bill same thing for you man you no tripping you never tripped through the tee right I'm, I'm sure it was all fond memories no never tripped through the tee uh you know I didn't know anything about the tee to be honest with you until I got to Tennessee I, the first time I actually saw it live is when I ran through it um, it was, you know, growing up in Jersey, we watched Penn state and we watched pro football and that's it really. Um, so when I went down on my visit, it was an away game, so I didn't get to see it then. So literally the first time I saw it was my, I was, uh, you know, a red shirt freshman, but they let us run through the T and I mean, if you, if that doesn't envelop you as an athlete and that doesn't sell you to a program, you got something mentally wrong with you. You really do. That's why when I see people transfer away from Tennessee, I just think, what's wrong, what's wrong with them? You know, um, and I know it's a different world with the transfer portal and coaches moving all around. I didn't live in that world and Jay didn't either. So, you know, we were taught, wait your turn, um, play as hard as you can play. And when the coach tells you what to do, you do it. And that's just the way it was back then. And uh, I, I really appreciate the Tennessee fans more than anyone. Because even when, you know, even when we were down and, and, you know, we couldn't get that win against Florida, they were always, they always had our back, no matter what. And uh, mm -hmm. that's something I'll, I'll always appreciate. Yeah. All right. Last thing, guys, uh, I want, I want a, a score prediction for today. We'll have a little fun with this score prediction for today, Tennessee and Akron. And then I want a bold prediction. It can be, you know, this player gets a touchdown, this player gets two touchdowns, interception, whatever. It could be stat-based, whatever you want. Be Have fun with it. Score prediction and bowl prediction. Jay, we'll start off with you. Huh. I, I think we win like, uh, you know, somewhere around, you know, 56 or, you know, I'd say 60 to 10, right? 
We went 60 to 10. And I'm going to predict that um, Jalen Wright gets 100 yards. Jalen Wright gets 100 yards and 60 to 10. All right, Bill. Score prediction, bowl prediction, Tennessee and Akron. Score prediction, you know, and I work for a betting company, so I'm going to really, uh, if I get this wrong, they're going to destroy me. Um, I'm going to go 48-14 on the score. Um, and then bold prediction, I think, uh, I believe the young man's name is Corey Smigel, the kicker for Akron. I predict that his mustache will cause a swoon across the, the female students at UT and he'll be chased out of, uh, he'll be chased out of the Ellen stadium by all the ladies. I don't know if you've seen his mustache on his player pick, but let me tell you, fellas, it is phenomenal. <laughs> everybody listening, everybody watching, that is what we call a bold prediction right there. <laughs> Guys, really appreciate it. Had a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, and, and always the doors open if you guys ever want to come back and, and chat Tennessee football or whatever. Bill Duff, Jay Graham, VFLs, thank you both so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Eric. And just a reminder to all your fans, you get $1,000 risk-free if you sign up for BetMGM. Lay some bets in there. (laughs) There you go. No time to do it better than game day here with Tennessee and Akron. (laughs) Guys, enjoy game day and appreciate it again. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. That's going to do it here for the VFL's Player Lounge here in week three. That is the VFL's Player Lounge brought to you by the Volunteer Club, powered by Spire Sports. Thank them. Thank you guys so much for your support of this podcast. Couldn't do it uh, without you, of course. Tonight, it is Tennessee and Akron, 7 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, you can watch this game on the SEC Network Plus and ESPN Plus. And, of course, you can listen, as always, on the Vol Radio Network. A little bit different this week. This is the only game this season where it's going to be streamed only. And, you know, every team in the SEC has one week a year where it's not on cable television. It's streamed only. This is it for Tennessee. So uh, go ahead and make those adjustments if you need to, if you're not in-house. Follow BallQuest all day long all game long, all night long, and then, of course, throughout the weekend, we'll have tons of post-game coverage and reaction on the general quarters, game thread. Well, I'll, I'll start that right before the game starts. We'll have fun during that during the show. And then, of course, on the front page as well, like, subscribe, follow us on YouTube. That is by searching BallQuest. This is the VFL's Players' Lounge. Again, thanks to the Volunteer Club, powered by Spire Sports. Everybody, enjoy your game day. <laughs>